All right, guys, what's up? Matt here. No James today, so everyone can stick around. Um, I got uh, the the man, the myth, the legend, Ryan Tuckwood from Swish Sales Coaching, a fantastic sales coaching organization based out of Queensland, Australia. So it'll be a good one today. We're going to go over is, you know, the origin story of great sales rep, because some things back and forth about all things sales, and it should be fun. So cue the intro, and we'll talk to Ryan. If you listen to this podcast, you will make your first million within three years. I'm going to repeat that. You will make a million dollars within three years of the first episode you listen to. We don't want pikers. We're not here to save the manatees. We're here to make podcasts. You really want this. You listen and review. Put that coffee down. Hey, Ryan, what's up? Uh, hi, man. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Oh, uh, you know, just being the boring guy. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just dodging lockdowns left, right and center. That's all I'm doing. That's what it seems to be. Although we're, we're only a week away. From, I know. Uh, I've heard. I heard earlier on. Yeah, you've got the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Freedom Day, baby. It's all happening. Oh, wow. It's all happening. Go. Straight up to the Gold Coast. Yeah. So, 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 but for those of you who don't know, Ryan is someone who's very closely aligned with, with Sales Sniper for a couple of different reasons, but predominantly because like, as you can see right above him, it's selling with integrity and selling honestly. And that's sort of something that we try and espouse here. And so we've sparked up a relationship with Ryan and he's sort of one of our partners. And um, I'd like you to just give the elevator pitch, tell the people who may not be aware of you. Most of our listeners are US based. Okay. So um, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, perfect. So um, in a very short um, version, mechanical maintenance engineer by trade and um, did that for, for eight years back in the UK, moved over here to Australia in 2010 and, and fell into sales, kicking and screaming, miserably failing salesperson back in 2010 slash 2011, culminating with sleeping on a bathroom floor and uh, all that comes with that anxiety and a, a level of frustration that I'd failed at something. Um, I'd always been relatively academic. Like I'd always done okay at school. I'd never got in any sort of trouble. I'd played decent level of sports, but um, for for whatever reason, sales just kind of eluded me. And uh, I was 21st out of 21 people. Got to the stage where- A I, room for improvement. This is, yeah, opportunity. <laughs> um, what, I, what I loved about that was that um, not only was I crap, there was a, a big whiteboard with everybody's name in there that showcased how crap I was. And anybody that knew that joined the company knew I was the worst person in there. I sat bottom of that board for about three months um, and decided one day that I'd had enough. Sales wasn't for me. Sales was for people that had the gift of the gab and the extroverts and all that jazz. Mm. Um, and my my crisis point, which usually a lot of people can resonate with, was just just uh, my, my version of rock bottom was windowless box of a bathroom that I was sleeping in. I was sleeping on a bathroom floor on a lilo or a pool floaty. I'm not sure what they call them in America, actually. Yeah. Like just a lilo or a floaty? I think um, a lilo, yeah. I was sleeping on one of them, um, did that for six weeks. And then one Tuesday morning, it was uh, about 2 a.m. Uh, that decided to go and just pop on me. And I, uh, Jesus. I, I sunk to the bottom. You thought know, you hit rock bottom and then three inches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was so close. You're like, oh, that's rock bottom. Okay, that, I get that, it. Yeah, now I'm here. <laughs> um, so that morning I woke up and I decided that I was out. I, I quit. Um, I went into my sales manager. I decided that sales was not the venture for me. Um, and that was the turning point in my whole life. That day, he didn't accept my resignation. Um, he challenged me to, to fanatically obsess over the art and craft of sales and communication, even though I didn't believe it to be an art or a craft at the time. He said, give me 60 days. And if you're still bottom, I'll pay for you and 
my girlfriend at the time, Halisha, who's who's now my wife, um, best sale I've ever made. Yeah. Uh, I'll pay for you to go wherever you want in the world. And um, uh, I'm sure we'll go through the intricacies of how it all, all happened. But um, within five weeks, I went from 21st to 1st. Um, within 18 months, I was running the company and I did $334,000 in commissions. Not not the levels that you you boys are, are making these days, but um, back then that was a, a crazy amount of money for me. And um, my first 10 years of sales, man, I think the best, like my average sale commission was twenty two fifty a sale. So yeah, it would have been hard to make much more than that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's always relative, right? And it wasn't, um, for me, the money... It taught me to, well, the journey taught me two things. Firstly, it taught me that sales was just like engineering. It is, it is a process. There's a, there's a system um, yeah. that, that you can follow. Um, and then secondary to that was that sales is impact. Um, my, my dad's been pretty sick since 2001. He's had esophagus cancer. He's, he's still with us, but um, he hasn't been able to work. He's highly disfigured. And for the first time ever in 2013, I was able to support them, send money. That's home amazing. And I'm like, Holy shit, all I did was change how I say things to human beings and I'm making lots of money. So I thought that that is a skill. So anybody can learn this. And in 2014, we created Swish. Amazing. So that's a bit of it, a bit of the elevator pitch, I guess, a bit of the journey. Yeah, it, it's 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 funny, right? Because I think a lot of good salespeople have a similar turning point where they decide to no longer have it be a like, I guess a problem bigger than them. Like they weren't given the gift of the gab. Like, I don't know any natural salespeople. Like, mm. I don't I think there are people who are born that are naturally somewhat persuasive, but those people are not going to be great salespeople most of the time because they'll get to a level to where it's quite easy. Like a hyper talented athlete isn't always going to be the, the highest performing yeah. athlete because they don't have to try as hard. Right. So if you can make 20 grand a month, just kind of slinging it around. You know, it's a, it's a little bit different than if you're someone who has to really grind at it. Like in my previous business, which was in gyms, we had, was, I had a business partner and he was the sales guy mm. because I just didn't, I didn't like it. I wasn't any good at it. It wasn't until I was put in a position to where I had to do it. I was like, well, this is what I have to do now. And I ended up grinding out, you know, eight, 10 hours a day on the dialer, just kind of going for it. And that was five years of my life. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which is, you know, like, which gets like a lot of volume, but I think like, you know, Besides being challenged, like what was I think like what was the key metric for you that you think allowed you to gave you the mindset where you're like, you know what, this is just a problem that I can solve? I think for, for me it was just small, small wins, like seeing seeing progression. Um I, I also conceded, like I'm a uh, sorry, I previously would self-sabotage a lot. So mm -hmm. once Jack gave me that, um so Jack that was my sales manager, he was actually the co-founder of Swish, who's now exited. He gave me that ultimatum. He's like, give me 60 days, read this, watch this, all those old school sales gurus, rightly or wrongly. At that point, all I all I had in my head was, oh, sweet. I've got 60 more days to endure of abuse on the phones and then I'm getting my flights paid for. Right. So I didn't, I didn't actually think it was going to work. I didn't want it to work. So I actually took all the pressure off. Um, mm. And by virtue of doing that, I actually just focused on having conversations and trying to enjoy building a relationship. I started to actually, and that sounds really bad, but actually find out about the prospect and what they were looking for. And I started to realize probably about three days in, I'm like, my average phone time had increased from like 90 seconds to about three minutes. Um, I'm starting to get a few more leads. I was just appointment setting ultimately at the time. Yeah. Starting to get a few more leads out. And 
like anything, like I'm a big sports person. Like if I'm just starting to learn to play, play golf. Like if I can see those little bits of progression, it keeps me, it keeps me involved and keeps me committed. And, and that's what I got. I was on the phone a little bit longer. I'd get one or two less objections. If I did get an objection, it wouldn't beat me up as much anymore. And, um, over time that just kind of, uh, accumulated. And then I started to actually make appointments. Then they started to convert into sales. Then as soon as a couple of commissions dropped, I'm like, this is, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The little, you know, the little dopamine hit. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'd seen, I'd seen it everywhere, but I just convinced myself that I can't do that. I'm just an engineer, an introvert engineer that is not designed for this world. And, and I think I told myself that story so often uh, that I believed it. The same as public speaking. Like I, I had a debilitating fear of public speaking until like 2017. Yeah. And now I love it. Like put me on a stage and it's now my new comfort zone. Yeah. I, I, I love public speaking. I also love speaking in front of camera. Um, yeah. I, I used to think that um, I still do. I think the people that naturally like that are a bit strange. Um, and I'm, I, I, I just think I had that imposter syndrome for a while, even with this business. Like I still have it, man. I think it's a normal part. You know, you have a bad day and all of a sudden you start thinking, oh, shit, everything's going to fall apart. Like, I think that that's a, that's a normal part of being successful, like, and being good at what you do. Because if you don't have those natural checks and balances built in, then you're going to be the guy who believes their own bullshit and starts drinking your own Kool-Aid, right? Yeah, yeah. And we've all met those guys and it's like, oh, you haven't figured out that you haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's, a great, there's a great analogy and it's like, um, it's like when you're a kid, and you're driving, you know, you're like your dad's driving the car and it's pitch black and it's foggy outside. You look up, you see your dad driving and you just fall straight asleep because you know dad's got it figured out. Mm. Then when you become the dad, you realize dad hasn't got it figured out. <laughs> you're just sitting there straining, trying to stay awake, making sure you don't crash the car. Yeah. You're just doing the best you can. You know what yeah. I mean? And so, like, I think, like, when I, I really realized that and, you know, it changed my perspective on, you know, how I talk to owners of hundred million dollar companies. Like I speak to Bradley on a fairly regular basis because we sort of run his sales and a few other things that we do for him. And I was like, oh, like they're just normal people mm. who are just still bumbling, stumbling, trying to get by. And nobody's, you yeah. know, amazing at everything. And so I can have normal conversations with Bradley and Ryan Serhant and people like you and all these other people and just be very comfortable because like at the end of the day, man, everyone's just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Right? I think- and, and no one's cracked the code on anything. That's been, that's, that's a really good point, right? It's been so grounding for me with the journey that we've been on. Obviously there's, there was a lot of publicity in 2018 around the shark tank thing, um, deciding to take the business on there. And, um, like the investors that came on board they they must admit the first like six months or so is quite intimidating. Like having board meetings with them and sitting down and, um, expressing our goals and our vision and then realizing that they still have the same fears to an extent in certain yeah. in certain parts of business. They've been they've have been through an awful lot, but they are they're just real human beings. They've got young kids, they've got stresses, they're trying to balance everything. And yeah, um, along the way, whether you'd call it, uh, it during the ascents, and um, we're everyone that we meet, like some of the names you just mentioned there as well. It is it's very very common that we're all going through the same problems, which gives me that confidence to go. Hey, you know, it's all right. Give it a go. If it don't work out, it's the worst that could happen. <laughs> Exactly. What's the worst I get? I mean, I think that that's a good distinction for salespeople. A lot of the salespeople listen to this. Like, I, one of the questions that I get, or one of the questions you get a lot, is, "Well, would that really work when you're in a B two B? Would that? Would you really do that? Would you really speak to people like that if they're, you know, like, how do I speak to a sophisticated buyer? 
Yeah. And the answer to me is like, mate, like they're a human being. Same. Like, same. You just talk to them the same way. Like yeah. you might slightly change your word choices a little bit depending on the situation, but that's more of a human to human thing. The first time I met Bradley, first thing he opened up with, what does a guy with an Indian stick have for breakfast? And I said, I don't know about you, but I had bacon and eggs. <laughs> right. So it's still his joke kind of thing, but like, it's like, I was like, okay, we're, we're fine here. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, can, I can fit in with this crowd just fine. But the first time I met Ryan Surhan, I was super nervous. And then after a couple of meetings, I was like, yeah. oh, he's really good at this. I'm really good at this. We go together. We're fine. You on on that mean? note, you, you spoke there about like corporate um, or sophisticated buyers or investors. Um, we, we're, we're the national trainers for Mercedes-Benz, Australia, New Zealand, and they've got this board of advisors or decision makers. There's six of them, right? And they're, um, everything's based out of Germany, representatives all over the world. And we've got, I've got our process, right? After we've, we've, after we've engaged them, after we've put our tender in, um, all of our touch points, we're going for a procurement. And I do the exact same thing. I did the exact same thing with those guys as I did with any other client. More often than not, I get told that I'm not being professional enough or I'm not being corporate enough. And I believe, and I know in accordance with um, human behavior and what I spoke to Jeremy about this morning, that the buyer has changed. Like, well, they're more sophisticated in general, but they're more humanized as well. Yeah. Um, and little text messages and touch points and breaking the mold and thinking outside the box these these days go a long, long way. Um, yeah. And like, I've, I've been told, oh, mate, wear a collared shirt and take a hat off. And I'm like, no, nah, man, like, this is me. Yeah. Like, if you don't like it, you don't have to buy it. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? But I know what I'm talking about and I can present myself very well. But I'm like, I've, I've dressed like this and I do this. And if I'm going to an event, I'll put a suit on. But I'm not a suit guy. It's just. It's and, not- and do you know the irony there? Like, so as when I was an engineer, I dressed like this on the way to engineer. I wear a shirt and uh, like jeans to, to, yeah. to my and then put my overalls on, work for 12 hours covered in grease and oil. And all the old work <laughs> colleagues would be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just like dressing up. Right? This is just the way I I roll. So it's quite interesting. My old business partner was like you. He'd have like a baseball jersey and uh, yeah, leave and all that. So we were very polarizing, um, but it worked. We didn't miss many people. Yeah, awesome, man. I guess this is, there's always a moment that I, I talk to really good salespeople where they go, ah, I call it plugging into the matrix, right? Where you go, oh, yeah, I've got this. And then all of a sudden, which and you can see it, there's like an income curve, right? Because yeah. with sales, like it is it is the purest form of meritocracy. It is It is business athletics, right? Like you are only paid if you play and you have to play well, right? And so my income went from about 25,000 a month, personal income as a commission on sales up to over a hundred in about four months, right? Like it was a very quick trajectory because like it was just a skill set thing, right? And so like, what do you think was that moment for you? And what was kind of the sales environment that you were in where you're like, oh, yep, I've got this. And you were confident you could go to any business and be the top guy. It's an awesome question. There's um, there's a, there's a couple of moments to stand out. There's one moment where I actually got I wasn't prepared for the question, and the guy asked me. This is on the on the phone um, phone sales, and he said, "What commission do you get out of this?" And I totally was unprepared, and I reflex told him. Um, so I just went twenty percent, and he was like, "Ah, oh, so you get like forty eight hundred if I buy today?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he was like, "I love your honesty." Um, so what's the next steps? And I was like, "Oh." Yeah. Okay. So what does that mean? And I'm an engineer, right? So I try and reverse yeah. engineer everything. So that was, that was one moment. Cause then, so then I started to put into my 
into my discovery. Um, look, as you know, um, with most business development reps, uh, we do get incentivized for bringing on clients. Um, but what I want to do is make sure that we bring on the right clients so that you can refer lots of other people, blah, blah, blah. So when I get incentivized, I'll be, it'll be to the tune of, and I literally tell them, and it was just like putting that, bringing that elephant out in the room and, and letting people know what I'm getting out of this um, instead of them having to think about it. That was a big moment. Um, and then mm. probably secondary to that was, I don't know if it was knowing that I'd be able to go into any other company. It was probably from a coaching perspective, I had a big penny drop was as I got promoted, it doesn't always work out how the best salespeople get promoted to sales manager, um, but um, that's your problem. Really? Yeah. Um, but um, I got promoted to sales manager and I realized I actually got strangely, I got just as much of a buzz out of watching sales reps come through and, and make sales as I did of making sales myself. And what I, my, my next kind of penny drop was that I actually love coaching just as much because mm. um, I, I was having, it. I was having people come up to me and say what I'd said to Jack back in 2011 and that, mate, I'm out. I can't do this. Sales isn't for me. And I'm like, brilliant. I know exactly what to do with you from here. Um, and, and then so taking it, some of them are like 17 years old, 18 year old kids that had never sold their, we, we, when we first started this business, it was started as a non-for-profit re sales recruitment business yeah, to, yeah. Tra to train people and put them into work. And that's because I just loved the, the, the coaching side of things. And that made me realize that, Hey, if I can coach anybody in this industry, I can sell any products now. I know, I know that then if this all goes tits up and everything, um, everything fails, I'm safe. And, and, and when you, when you know that you remove fear, right? It, you, you be a yeah. It's a, it's a different feeling. I, I remember I have a similar thing with, you know, sales sniper seven type, all that kind of stuff that we're, we're doing. And I'm super aggressive how I go about business. And I remember someone going, why are you so aggressive? I go, cause man, if it all doesn't work out, I'll be a commission on the sales rep and make a ton of money. Yeah. I was, I was like, I would actually make more money than I do right now because I reinvest profits. Like I, I would make a ton of money. Yeah. And they were like, oh, and I was like, I have no risk. I, I had, I had that moment last year. So I talk about my three day wobble a lot. Um, I had a, at the start of COVID in like March, April last year and my three day wobble kicked in and we were going for a founder exit at the time. Um, so I'm, I've still got the sharks on board, but like, I don't have a business partner next to me. And, uh, I remember thinking, what if this all goes under, like, what, what am I going to do? I've got staff that rely on me. Some of them we sponsor, they're over from the UK. They've got families now they live here. I'm going to, I'm freaking out. Um, and I remember talking to um, my public speaking coach, Harry Singer, um, who works with Tony Robbins He's a legend, right? He, um, and he said to me, if it does go under, he basically got me to draw a line down the center of the page and work out my if it goes under, um, and then where will I be if it goes under? And it was, if it goes under, I lose, lose the house, I lose the car, lose the business, blah, 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 all that. And he said, how long do you think it would take you to get back to where you are now? Bearing in mind, we were about six years in business by then. And I was like, with the network I've got, the reputation we've got, the skill set I've got, I was oh like about six, yeah, but yeah, I said six months. And he was yeah, like, yeah. cool. All right. So your worst case scenario is you're six months behind where you want to be. And I was like, Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, yeah. Cool. yeah. That's awesome. I think that, 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 that sort of first point that you, that you brought up where you, you know, where you told the guy your commissions, that's a, actually like, it's a very subtle, but very powerful point because a lot of the sales reps are listening to this. Like you'll get asked the question like, Oh, especially like selling coaching programs. Like mm. let's say you're selling a biz op, like you're selling Amazon or Walmart or, you know, crypto or whatever. You're like, Oh, like, do you, do you do it? And they might say no. It's like, you can just be transparent. 
Just, yeah. My advice is, yeah, I'm the sales guy. I love sales. This is why I'm doing this. Mm. If I love doing that, I would do that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. And then we just go, what really, really want to find about is more about you. Yeah. You know, and they go, oh, okay. And they just like, oh, I wasn't, I was expecting some bullshit deflection. Yes. But it's yes. like honesty is like you, the best thing about being a sales guy, besides the ability to kind of make money on that kind of stuff, is the fact that you literally never have to lie to anybody. Yeah, you really don't. You just tell the truth all the time. And that, that's, like, so I love to, I love the phrase. I think I made it up, but I might not have done. I'm not sure. Um, was um, is selling is telling your truth better, right? We've got a, yeah. you've got, we've all got a truth. Like I, I talk a lot about my dad. Um, I talk a lot about my my struggles sleeping on the floor. Like I never used to tell any of that, and I don't know if it was because I was embarrassed or because I thought that people would think I was making it up. And then I'm like. It's my truth, right? I'm just going to tell my yeah. truth. I'm going to be vulnerable. And and if it resonates with people, great. If they think I'm lying, that's fine. Like, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, that that transparency is something that I don't think you can put a price on. Yeah, vulnerability is like it's a, it's a handshake, right? Like, you got to put your hand out in order for someone to shake it. Like, so if you're, you know, sales is like people don't understand, like, that when you're asking someone about their goals, their dreams, their aspirations, the the what ifs and all that kind of stuff. That's a very vulnerable state to be in. Mm. Like for me to tell you what I truly want, like that's me giving you a, a like a peek inside. Yeah. Right. And then that that conversation can go down many different rabbit warrens. That person has to feel comfortable with you. Just why I'm not a big proponent of trying to get to the goal too early. I think it's an old school sales technique. You find a goal and you just dig deep on yeah, it yeah. early. It's 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 the equivalent of walking into an elevator and asking somebody what their relationship with their mother is like. It's just it's just not going to come off well. But if you get stuck in the elevator, thirty minutes later, you guys can have a good cry together and everyone can sort it out. You know what I mean? So, like I think that that vulnerability and like the the willingness to become vulnerable, and I guess the more comfortable I got with that and how I could incorporate some relevant storytelling in my sales. That like I could use is almost like a tactical weapon. Not weapon sounds bad, but like a tactical tool that I could use to help allow the person to become vulnerable by expressing my own vulnerability. That's not just me waffling on about myself. Hundred percent. That's, that's never a good. That's never a good. But that, and that's the important part, right? Isn't it? Because they, we all say a lot of people don't care about you, right? We, they care about themselves, and and yeah. I get that. But if we truly want to help people, we have to learn the skills to open people up. And for some personality types, the only way they'll open up is if they feel ultimately comfortable with you. Um, and yeah. that means that we need to feel comfortable opening up to them and even utilizing reciprocity questions, just simply giving some information to gather some information. Is that ma manipulative because it's intentional? And I'm like, absolutely not. It's almost, it's unethical if you don't have the skills to help people find the problems they didn't even realize they have. If you can't do that, then you're doing them a disservice because they're either going to do nothing and stay in the position they're in, or they're going to go and use another, another company that might give them a, um, a substandard service. Yeah. Like, and then it comes back to telling the truth. Like people fundamentally don't always make the best decision for them as like, as a default. And if you like one of the examples that I'll give in sales calls a lot is like, okay, well, if you take, a 600 pound person and a triathlete and all you do is swap brains like eventually the 600 pound body becomes a triathlete body and the triathlete body becomes a 600 pound body because of the decision making processes of that brain so like that that decision making process that's causing them to be ultimately unhappy with where they're at they can either continue to make the same decisions or they can start to make a different decision mm. sometimes people need a mirror held up to them 
because no one is truly kind enough in their life to show them on an objective level, the error of what they're doing. Yeah. Because you can be the person like everyone's got the friend, right? Where you go to when you want real advice. Like my friend came up to me after his first child was born. He's like, Matt, you got to tell me, like, give me straight. Cause I'm in love with this thing. Is, is this thing ugly? Like, I got to know. Like, and I know he's like, I know you're telling me. What did you baby. say? I was like, nah, man, beautiful baby. Like, you're good. <laughs> right? So, um, but like, you know, it's that, it's that friend that you go to to tell the truth. Yeah. And as a salesperson, like, you almost have this freedom to be able to just constantly go, well, that's one perspective. Do you mind if I share another? Yeah. And that's just such an entertaining, fun space to be in because you get to tell the truth all day. And sometimes I don't like it. And I get the, the more, you know, that's fair, but the, the better you get at it and the better you get in delivering it mm. and like the more effective you become as a salesperson, essentially. I think that's key. Like you just said there, like it's, it's how you, how you deliver it and that sort of empathetic communication. But sometimes just my old boss used to call it slapping them around the face with a big wet, wet fish. Like sometimes they, they just, they just need that. Like I've needed it hundred percent. Like when, yeah. when I'm standing there in front of Jack and I'm going, mate, sales isn't for me. And he's like, you're an idiot. Like you're in it, you just don't get it. And I'm like, sorry. Yeah. I'm like, I'm working hard. He's like, yeah, you think you're working hard, but you're not. <laughs> and I, and I, and I'm so grateful for that. I even talk about like cold calling, the, the amount of people that say cold calling is, is dead. Like, what but if you get at it, <laughs> we make so much money out of it. Like we, we spend still, still spend a portion of our week doing it. And we've got hundreds, if not thousands of testimonials from people that are saying, Thank you for cold calling me two years ago. I'm a, I, I'm so glad you were able to scramble my internal dialogue in the first 10 seconds and get your foot in the door. Cold, uh, cold calling is actually one of the most effective and most consistent forms of marketing, especially these days because no one does it because everyone thinks it's dead. So it's like it, it kind of cycles around. Yeah, yeah. And then it will build momentum, I think, over the next few years as people restart doing it as Facebook gets harder and harder and harder and harder to yeah, be sustainable. Yeah. But yeah, it's super interesting. I think cold calling is fantastic. Also, and like in terms of developing young sales reps, oh, like you want to get slapped around a fair bit, just go and do six months of cold calling. You'll get three years of sales experience. Yes. Then by the time you hop into like inbound leads, it's like, oh man, this is easy. Yeah, I, we've we've had that. Well, we've done it the other way around. Like I'm, I'm cold calling, born and bred. That's where, where I was cut my teeth, three hundred dollars a day. And then we've had new starters come in, and we give them warmer leads. It's really hard to go about the other way afterwards. Like yeah, learning, you can't do it, yeah. learning to drive <laughs> in a manual versus an auto. You ain't, you ain't going back. Uh, yeah, we, we we actually have what we call a jail. So like we have a sales number jail. So one of our top guys named Will runs it. So it's the Will Hinkson jail. And if you screw up, like you are cold calling. Yeah. Okay. Like seven hundred dollars a day, cold calling, like crazy, crazy numbers. Auto like, dialer, yeah. Yeah, auto dollar all day long. Like, if someone if they start missing meetings and like they have like worth work ethic issues, we put them on fourteen days in jail. And it's like, hey man, this is for you to prove yourself. You'll either quit or you'll come out the other side. Yeah. Nice. And they go, and we don't care which one. Yeah. SAS. Love it. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. Like, but it's for like it's like we believe in you so much, we're gonna try and break you. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we believe in you. So like, and most of them come out the other side, like they're chomping at the bit to get some inbound leads. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I look back at those days, right? I remember standing, probably had like a team of 30 or something. And my old boss um, used to make a stand in the morning. You'd just pick one person. It always felt like it was you stand in the middle of the room. You got a 45 minute presentation and deliver that whole role play with no script. He didn't even want you to succeed. It was just to rip you to pieces in front of everybody else. Hated it best thing that ever happened to me is the best yeah. conditioning i've ever had 
Yeah. So one of the things that we do internally is we make them sell products they have absolutely no information about. So I'll go, okay, uh, Ryan, uh, you need to sell Tales into uh, water filtration systems and go. Yeah, cool. And like there's a role play scenario. Yeah. And so it's like they have to sell water filtration. So I'll give them like two minutes to figure out the problems they solve. Yeah. So what that does is it makes them like it exacerbates any process issues that they have. Mm. So then like so then in from there, I can go, okay, well, because you can fall back onto word tracks when you know how to sell one offer really well. Yeah. So like, I'm not really interested in guys that can sell one offer really well. I want guys that can sell anything at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Right. Because I, I can come on, I can sell life insurance 10 minutes later. I could sell water filtration. I could go to like, I could go to cars and I could go to coaching and it'd be yeah. fine. Like it wouldn't bother me because the process is so ingrained. Yes. So that's how I teach guys how like, because they'll, they'll, they'll get caught in a particular phase and I'm like, ah, you don't understand what you're trying to get. Mm. Right. So it's like, let's work on that. Let's go into like the actual like nitty gritty of what you're trying to get pulled out of that prospect during yeah. that particular phase. And then what you're going to do with it later. Yeah. And then let's kind of reboot it. So that's one of like the tricks that I use to really dial people in. Yeah. And yeah. one of the other tricks I'll use is I'll get them to try and do a wholesale in 12 minutes. Yeah. Nice. But they can't talk fast. Yeah. So they have to do it with like skipping certain things so they they know what they can skip and they know what information to pull and where to sit and where not to because it's the exact same thing it's train hard fight easy yeah if all of your training is like super difficult and i think a lot of the people listening to this and a lot of salespeople like they just put themselves in kit gloves when they're role playing with a friend of theirs and like the perfect prospect and it's the perfect situation yeah no do the worst thing the hardest thing possible then when you get on a sales call it's like it's in slow motion yeah yeah and that like I know, I know you guys are massive advocates, same as we are. Like we role play four times a day. And sometimes you do hear it, especially with the new starters, they go easy on them. And I'm like, give, give them real life. Like you're setting them up for failure when they hit the phones. Like they are going to get people within the first 60 seconds, say they're not interested. They don't ever yeah. call me again. Like how, how are they going to practice for that scenario? Um, yeah. So yeah, massive, massive fan of all that. Yeah, it's all it's all it's all good fun. Here we are, like a couple of old sales managers talking about the good old days. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your what's the transition for you been like as your company grows? You know, because I think we're about the same age. I'm 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 37. How old, how old are you? Just turned 39. 39. Okay, well, sweet as. So I got some city miles on me. So I'm you know yeah. I look I definitely look 39. Um, so yeah, so like what, what's that transition for you for you kind of, kind of going from sales rep to sales manager? to owner of a company, like, I guess, what's been some of the mental mind shifts that you've had to make, you know, to be able to successfully make that transition? Because I think it's, it's very different and it's hard to let go of some of the things mm. down here and, you know, you want to kind of do them up there. So like, what's that been like? Cause you guys have been around for a while now you're crushing it, doing all kinds of good stuff. So. Um, yeah, we're, we're, I mean, we're in our, it's our seventh birthday, um, on the 27th of October. So we're, we're, yeah, we've been around a while, but, um, the, the milestones and the transitions for me are probably more around delegation. Like my personality type historically is somebody that likes to control every aspect. So I'm trying to play a part in marketing, administration, finance, ops, building a new LMS, putting new phone systems. I'm trying to do all of that. Whereas my skill set lies in coaching. Um, and probably the biggest lessons I've had from our investors is that just, just to get the right people in place. I had this conversation with Jeremy actually this morning is that without a team around you, that it doesn't mm. matter how good our training programs are. It doesn't matter how good I am. I need the right people in the right positions that are three, four, five years ahead of me in that division. So I'm, 
there's the marketing team now that, that Brendan Brendan heads them up. I've got a videographer, I've got creatives. Just tell them the brief and let them create magic. So not having to sit in every single meeting so I can focus on um, revenue generating tasks. Then um, from a management perspective, not jumping on the calls and closing deals for, for teams, almost letting them miss a few deals here and there so they can get the lessons from it. Like that was really hard at the start when um, obviously you're just chasing chasing cash flow, you're going to get money through the doors. Another big challenge we had was in a similar sort of vein was bringing on the wrong clients. So, yeah, that's a tough one because um, you see the money and then, yeah. you know, but your business is defined by the people that you say no to. And I think that that's a really tough thing to realize until you're in a position where you feel comfortable saying no. We nearly self-imploded post post Shark Tank, really. There was obviously a bit of a buzz around it all. And we were bringing on some bigger companies, obviously having those guys on board gave us a lot of credibility. And um, we we were just we were onboarding for fun, but we didn't have the infrastructure behind to support <laughs> it. So it was like, I've yeah, get in the program. So we, we had um, some advice given to us was actually to stop selling. Um, so we took a bit of a hiatus for a few weeks where we actually stopped selling, which was a really weird uh, mess with my own head um, to stop mm. people actually promoting our services. But it was brilliant because it gave us time to actually build a customer experience team, build out all the automations, build all the reporting, which is now it stabilized us a lot and gave us an opportunity to really focus on that corporate to enterprise type client, which is where we've gone to over the last 18 months or so. That's fantastic. And what's like, like, what's your vision for the next, you know, one, three, five years? Like where's, where's switch going? So my, my big, the big hairy audacious goal is, um, is based around failure rates of businesses and, and, um, in, I don't know what it is in the States, but I know in Australia, it's like 68 to 70% of businesses fail in the first three years and 90 odd percent fail in five. And those numbers are pretty sad. And I believe it's because they have an inability to, to sell their, their products. They don't know how to drive revenue. So my big hairy audacious goal is that we are partnered with um, ASIC um, and then every single business that registers, uh, it's not ASIC, the ATO, every single business that ever registers in Australia has to go through our training academy. Um, so you're not, you're not allowed to register your business without um, having some form of communication training. There'll be a freemium model of that. Um, so, um, and some big partnerships, we've just partnered with MYOB, who are a massive accounting company, some people might be aware of. I've got so, some great contacts at Zero if you ever want to. Have you? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll take them um, for sure. Um, so there's that. Um, we've also moved a lot more into um, public sector and government um, type training. So working with um, the, te- uh, the Queensland Department of Education initially uh, to train 10,000 of their teachers and support staff. Um, I really want to get the communication coaching into the schooling system. Um, yeah. I believe it's the key to confidence. Um, and um, yes, yeah, so I'd love to see it in schools and universities um, and then on a personal level, my personal brand has grown a fair amount over the last couple of years as I've built confidence in in wanting to stand on stage. And I just realized that that's how I can have mass impact. So um, I do a lot of MCs, MC gigs, a lot of keynotes, a lot of guest speaking. Um, and I've grown to really, really enjoy that. And obviously a natural byproduct is that people then hear about the Swish methodology as well. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, I think that like, that's amazing. That's really cool. And I think you're totally right. Like the number one reason why people you know, fail in business is not only because they can't sell, it's because then they don't, they didn't know in sales. Like, you know, I I speak to reception staff and it's like, Hey, I hate to break it to you, but you're a salesperson. 
Yes. Like at a dent, if you're a reception at a dentist, like book the next one. Yeah. Like confirm the sale at a physiotherapist. Like, you know, if, if, like, I've, I've trained a few physiotherapists and it's like we've five X their income mm. in two sessions because we taught them to book the next six sessions. Yeah. And just the languaging around that. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're fully booked. It's like, yeah, because your clients are coming back. You know why? Because you asked them to. We, like, uh, that, there's such a reluctance from people to ask for the sale because they don't want to seem salesy, but you are doing them a disservice because people will yeah. not just take the initiative. It, it, it is an innate fear, isn't it? And it's, um, it's a conditioning that we've had for years that we don't want to be seen as salesy. And I had it as well. So I can't, I do get it. But like you, you reference physios there, like back in motion physiotherapists, the franchise, they're one of our biggest clients and um, they don't just put their physios on the front line and they do we have the receptionist the administrators hr um and that's probably a big evolution of our training actually is that um almost 30 percent of our members in our online academy now are actually not in sale not in a direct sales role yeah um, they're in a communication with client role and it, yeah and if a- a- anybody in your company communicates with the end user at any stage you've got an ability to wow them, um, retain them, or indeed upsell or cross-sell them just through experience. It doesn't have to be a direct, do you want to buy some more of our services? Um, mm. And I think that's, I, I didn't really see that happening, to be fair. Like I, I think when we first built the business, maybe naively, I thought we were just going to coach people in call centers because that's where I came from. Um, and it's evolved yeah. into something much more than that. Yeah. And, and and I guess, so tell me about like the, the, the recent, I guess, slight pivot, not, not, not a pivot because you're still going hard with the enterprise and the B2B, but talking about the new B2C component that you guys are trying to pushing out there. Yeah. Um, so obviously working, uh, working with you guys, like one, one thing we'd realized was we'd, we've built up um, a, pr- a pretty good reputation over the years and we've always been proud of the personal touch um, and not wanting to like neglect the individual sales reps um, and only target on the target for the big, big corporates. So um, what we've obviously been been doing with you guys is um, working through our social channels, specifically around our Facebook group, where I go live every single week and do some uh, complimentary training and really trying to add value to the masses. Um, So that that group is growing at a pretty decent rate. The group is called Sales with Integrity um, by Swish Sales Coaching. And it's an opportunity for me personally to I guess, kind of help people that might be where I used to be. Um, they're mm-hmm. early on in their sales career. Maybe they're questioning their own ability. They're lacking confidence. They're frustrated. Maybe they don't have financially. They're not. They're not very well off at the moment. And it's really an opportunity to make sure that I always stay connected with those guys because um, there's no way that there isn't somebody else going through what I went through a few years ago. So we 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 took a big shift internally to focus on B two B. Um, for, for obvious reasons to get the businesses to pay for their staff all the way down. But we didn't want to neglect the B2C component, people that aren't in big corporates. Um, and that's where um, you guys have really come in and helped us um, help those people as well. Yeah, it's a phenomenal program. Obviously, you know, brand new. So we're just kind of kicking things off and trying to provide some value to the people. But, you know, I think I think especially for those in Australia, like it's uh, it's second to none in terms of what you can in terms of what you can learn and, you know, learning from you guys who've sold in the marketplace and you're in so many different industries, like within our, you know, nationality, which is so rare. Like there's just not that many people that can say, well, there's no one else that can say that, to be honest. 
And uh, I remember when when I first had a chat with you, I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of you guys. And I was trying to think, I was like, have I heard of anybody else? And I was like, no. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, Ryan's the guy. I was like, oh, that's fantastic. This should be a good, fun chat. But it's been really good, like, seeing the alignment of the sales styles and, and, and people who sell, like, with honesty, with integrity, and are just trying to do things in the right way. Mm. There, there are some other sales trainers, you know, which we probably both know that, you know, um, hit people over the head with giant hammers, but, um, you know, in which I, I understand it. I, I, I get it. It's kind of funny. It's that boiler room style of selling, but I feel like when you can learn to sell people through a really, really open, honest and authentic process, the level of compliance that you get, the level of re- uh, referrals that you get um, is really unmatched. And so like making that transition and, and finding someone where you can seek out like you um, to be able to sell in that way, it's just a way to one, make more money, but two, do it without having to have headaches and without getting into a boxing room every time you, yeah. like you're in a sales call. A hundred percent. It's like, it was quite interesting through COVID. One of the most common questions I got when I was a guest on, on, on different events or podcasts was, um, how have you changed your sales approach through COVID? And I'm like, we haven't. We lead with empathy. We truly want to understand people's wants and needs. And if we have a product or service that can assist them, we we offer a recommendation if they would like it. So we 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 nurture, we add value. We haven't we didn't need to change anything because that's in my opinion the only way that you should be selling. Um, it, there's no false urgency or scarcity. Um, oh. There's no no bait and switch and all that old old school jazz. Um, it's just it's just a real humanistic approach to to communication. Yeah. And I think if you have a business, like especially ones that, you know, revolve around ascension models and stuff like that, which, you know, a lot of coaching organizations, they do like you need to get people in in the right way. Yes. And like, listen, I can sit there and beat people up on the phone with the best of them because I was trained by those guys. Yeah. did that for years in the fitness sales game. And listen, I was capped out. I was tired. I was angry all the time. I had headaches at the end of every day. The moment I, I started to believe that I could do it without being ruthless um, and actually learn the skill set, then my income doubled, tripled, quintupled. I was working less hours. I was less stressed and I didn't have headaches. And I was actually just happy and chipper. And I didn't get anxiety every single time I got an email thinking that I was, yeah. you know, someone was backing out because my pullout rate was like 20%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? it's, so, um, it's that achievement versus fulfillment, right? Like I, Back in the day when I was selling, I, I had the achievement. I was earning great money. Um, and the higher up I got within that organization, the more I started to see behind the scenes. And they wanted to sell in one particular way, a very straight line way, shall we say? And uh, it, it didn't, it very didn't really, a yeah. very straight line. Um, and it didn't really suit my, uh, my style, even though I was a top salesperson. They were like, no, we do it this way. And I'm like, you guys are crazy. And then, um, I could see it was very focused on front-end revenue. It was all about getting clients on board. Who cared about the retention? Um, and that that didn't sit well with me. So I didn't have the fulfillment. Whereas now I say to say to my team and and anybody really that that's selling is every day, every single person you speak to, you have got an opportunity to impact their life, right? You can't don't underestimate whatever product you're selling. If you're removing a stress from them in some way, shape, or form, or a headache, um, and creating a solution for any problems they have, that that's impact. And that's really cool. Like my team yeah. on average, that might speak to 30 to 60 people a day um, in the B2B um, world. And that's that's 30 to 60 opportunities a day to actually have a bit of impact and be memorable. That's cool. Absolutely. Have you, have you ever um, gotten feedback from a hard, a hard seller on like a, 
like a sort of like a Swiss style script. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm often told that we're we're too soft and we give them too much control. Um, yeah, should assume the sale. Um, and, yeah, it's really funny. I, we I have I have a client who is friends with Taylor Welch. We're we're crushing it for them. Yeah. And I, I I train like half of Traffic and Funnels yeah. team. Right, like we 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 tra- we train them, right? Um, but it, it's it's quite funny. I don't I don't mind. I like, I really like Taylor, but he's a totally different selling style to me. Yes, like very rough, very beat him up, which is fine. It works really well for them. But uh, they gave feedback to our our client on a script saying that it was trash, <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, like I can see why he said that. And he was really surprised at my answer. I was like, yeah, I can totally understand that. I was like, because if you give me Taylor's script, I say it's trash. But like. I'm old enough and wise enough to go, yeah, I don't like it, mm. but I know it works. There's more than one way to skin a cat, right? You know what I mean? Like you can send me a straight line. I'll be like, yeah, yeah, like I don't like it, but it'll work if you do it right. Yeah, you I know mean, what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Straight line does work, right? I um, that I got taught that way um, and it and it it did work, but then you get you get buyer's remorse. You get people calling up complaining and and. And I just didn't like, I didn't like the yeah. rejection. I didn't like the confrontation. Um, and I didn't yeah. like the fact that I had to dodge phone calls because I was scared of getting abused. And now it's like, I go through my messages on Messenger. It's like, it's me. I'm totally open. I'm totally raw and vulnerable. And it's just yeah. messages of, we love the training. We're getting these results. And it's it's actually really rewarding. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, I just said to my client, I was like, yeah, man, like I can totally see. I was like, but you send me a script. I tell you it's bad, but I, but I know that it works. I was like, but ours couldn't be too bad. Otherwise, you know, half their staff wouldn't be using it, right? Yeah, yeah they are. They were like, uh, <laughs> I was like, so, you know, it, it can't be all bad. But I was like, you know, when you look at like a sales process that you don't understand, I was like, this is my fault for not clearly and decisively enough having you understand. So what I'll do right now is I'll take you through it and have you understand it. And then if you like it, then we can talk about it. If you don't, then we're probably not the right place because this is a style in which we sell. It, I, I can't change my style of selling for any one person because it would create chaos. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But I was like, what I can tell you is that it's a very, you know, it's a very well-known sales methodology that that works quite efficiently, as you can see from the amount of sales that we made for you. So, you know, it's really interesting. It's um, but like there's such a stark difference between like um, like I had uh Soar, you know, Gulliver, right? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, he 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 did a review of one of my guys' sales calls and he tore it to pieces. But I mean, make guy made a ton of sales <laughs> so like they, they ended up they were looking to him for sales training they just ended up just going with us but um yeah it was, it was quite funny i was like yeah but that made the sale like, yeah, yeah. So, um, so like said, there, there's you're never going to please anyone i mean if you, you talk about lessons earlier on like in my own growth and the transitions that's another one like uh, like my goal in where are we now 2019 one of my yearly goals was to stop being a people pleaser like stop trying yeah. to adapt everything to suit everybody um yeah. and Andrew Banks, actually one of our investors, he said that you've got to give, um, do the greatest good for the greatest number. Um, that doesn't mean that you keep everybody happy. Um, and that was a yeah. big challenge for me because historically I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. I think like the more secure you get in your own realm, sort of, you just go, Hey man, like this is how we do it. If you yeah. don't like it, I totally get it. Yeah. But like, you know, this just isn't a good relationship. So let's just high five and we can we can go somewhere else and let's be successful in our own realms. Cause if I see you at an event, I want to be cool with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. You know, which is which is isn't right at the end of the day. It's it's just the most important. It's one of the reasons why we don't lose salespeople. Probably one of the reasons why you guys don't lose salespeople is because like in the same way that we sell, like I want the best for all my guys. Like one of my guys who's been with us for ages, he came to me, he's like, Hey man, I'm gonna leave. And I was like, Oh, what's going on? 
his not-for-profits taken off. He's really passionate. I was like, oh, dude, send me the details on Donate Money. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, that's awesome. Super happy. How can I help? Like, that's an amazing thing. Go off and be awesome. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm super happy to help. So like, you know, I think if you generally want the best for everybody, your clients, whether it works out, whether it doesn't, whatever you want, I think if that comes through, everyone's going to be happy and you're going to have a good time and you're going to be successful ultimately. I think there's a, there's a big enough pie out there, isn't there, for everyone to be successful. Like even oh, there's thousands of sales coaches out there. We don't need to step on each other's toes. Um, One in eight employees is a salesperson. Is that the number, is it? Yeah, it's wow. the bluest ocean ever. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's like saying I train men. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, there's a few of them around. Yeah, yeah, we can work with right? that. I had actually had a conversation about that with somebody the other day, and I was like, well, like I was, you know, they're doing some niche, and it was like, oh, doesn't this conflict? And I was like, well, let's say you had three thousand clients, would you be pretty happy? It's like, oh man, I'll put this. I'd be like, sweet. I was like, there are like you know, like nine nine hundred million people in your avatar. Yeah. So I was like, if you had three thousand, he had three thousand, that'd be cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, when I when I sat and did the numbers, there's there's 2.2 million businesses in Australia, um, chasing point zero point five percent of them is eleven thousand. Um, if we can get every single one investing a couple of grand a year, you got a twenty two million dollar a year business. And I was like, that's a big old big old pond, isn't it? It's efficient. Um, big, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, a great but, industry to be in. But anyway, man, I won't keep any longer. I, I really appreciate you coming. Um, uh, so remind the people again, where they can, where they can find you. Uh, so yeah, easiest way to connect with us is to join our Facebook group, which is sales with integrity, um, by Swish sales coaching. Um, I personally go live in there every single week, um, with some, uh, complimentary training. Um, it's, it's live, it's interactive. We, you can ask me, uh, ask me questions and I'll, uh, give you some responses on the spot. Um, when you join, we'll drop you a little message, say hello, and we'll send you some free training as a thank you for joining the group as well. Spicy. I love it. All right, guys, make sure you check out the Swiss show as well, which season two of your podcast should be dropping soon. Is that right? It is the 27th of October on our birthday, which um, oh. you may be a guest on. Oh, there we go. Look out. About to double your double or half your viewership. <laughs> One way or the other. Exactly. All right, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Make sure you go and check out Ryan. Um, he's an awesome dude. Selling with honesty, selling with integrity. So it's good stuff. And uh, yeah, man, I really appreciate it. And, uh, Goodbye. Likewise. Cheers, buddy. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only.